Hey, what's going on? Joe here, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Just real quick, this is an audio introduction to uh, the video that we just did today on our new market challenge. And I wanted to just get this out as quick as possible because this week we are doing a brand new market challenge where we are saying, hey, if we lost it all and we had to start all over from scratch, what would we do in a brand new market? If we had to start making money in a brand new virtual market, if everything burnt to the ground, what would we do? And I love doing these exercises. I do it every year. This challenge is called New Year, New Market, New You. And my main goal in creating these podcasts and doing this content is to just tell you guys and show you and prove it to you that you can do it. Anybody can do this. It's really that easy. So today's content, Gavin and I dove deep into what it is exactly that we would do in a brand new market. What are the four or five rules for success? This is going to be a jam-packed, action-packed information. Obviously, we did this podcast. We were talking to a live audience on Facebook and YouTube. So you're just getting the audio of it here. But I wanted to release this as quickly as possible and get this out to you. If you're interested in getting the details of this challenge, uh, go right now to newmarketchallenge.com, newmarketchallenge.com. If you want to sign up for the VIP to get the recordings, the video recordings of this, the mind map, the extra two weeks that we're doing of content after the challenge, we're going to be documenting what we're actually doing in a brand new market. And if you want tickets to our boot camp, our two-day boot camp coming up of February 11 and 12, where we're going to be diving deeper into all of this stuff, go to newmarketvip.com, newmarketvip.com to get all the goodies that come with this challenge, okay? Uh, appreciate you guys very much. Enjoy the podcast. All right, so guys, today is going to be really good. <clears throat> we're going to be diving into the details. We're going to be diving into the deets of what it is that we're doing in a new market. So again, the premise of all of this is new year, new market, new you. And we're coming into, we've already come into the new year. I always get excited when it comes to January. And uh, here's the thing. It's not like we slow down in the fall, in the winter, in December because of the holidays. We're always ramping up. And so, but it's important like in January um, to like really push the metal down or pedal to the metal and don't slow down ever, right? Um, don't. I was in the gym the other day, and two of our coaching students are there at the gym also same mornings that I go, uh, Pam and Terry, Pamela and Terry, and uh, they're killing it. It's like December was their biggest month, one of their biggest months ever, I think, if not their biggest month ever. So, yeah. Uh, but here we are, January, and if we lost it all, it all burnt to the ground. We had to start all over from scratch in a new market where we didn't know anybody. What would we do? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Um, also, real quick. I'm sorry, Gavin. I keep interrupting you. See that link right there? Newmarketchallenge.com. If you're watching this uh, in, in, in YouTube or something like that or on a podcast, go to newmarketchallenge.com to register for this challenge right now because this there's a main there's a Facebook group where all of the activity is being held in that Facebook group. And also that's where we give away our prizes and we put the links to stuff and where we make the announcements. All of that is in the newmarketchallenge.com. Go there and you'll get redirected to the Facebook group. All right. Cool. Were you going to say something? Um, I don't know. I've lost it. Uh, how about this? <laughs> but anyway, go on. Nick, consistency is key. Totally true, right? Because like we're teaching you the details step by step. But what, what does it matter if you got it in here but you're not doing it? And yep. you're not doing it consistently. That's where the success is. The students that we coach that have the most success. And guys, we have students that are doing more deals than we are. 
but the students that are having the most success are consistent. They're consistently making offers, talking to sellers, doing the stuff, which is what we want you to do. Cool. Yep, absolutely. Um, I just want to say as well, a couple of people in VIP yesterday said this is amazing information and they're worried about getting overwhelmed. So it is a lot of information, guys. We have a short amount of time, but that's exactly why we have gone into uh, going to be doing nine different videos, breaking it all down to going into a new market. And then that's going to lead into that event. So it might feel overwhelming on these calls, okay, but it's going to be broken down, like I just said. So you can actually see exactly step by step what we would be doing and the thought processes that we have. Yeah. So just bear with us. You know, we can't just come on here and give you one thing and everyone go, is that it? So it's kind of a we can't win other than put more sessions on like we've done, break it down into small videos. So then hopefully you can follow along. So make yeah. sure you join us. So VIP. important. Even my mom, my mom's uh, here today. Everybody say hi to my mom. <laughs> um, my mom's participating in this thing and I'm going to be helping her do some land deals over the next few months. And um, so even she was overwhelmed on that call that we did yesterday. And I said, yeah. mom, you only needed to hear about 5% of it, you know, because there were a lot of questions about houses and, you know, like I almost wanted to tell her just, just enjoy the ride. Just sit there yeah. and watch your son perform or something, but like, <laughs> don't stress out about it. If you're overwhelmed, because on, yeah. the, on the daily videos that we're going to be doing, we're going to be showing you, Okay, step by step, what you know, kind of how we do it, and and you'll get a big general overview, and it'll be so you'll look at it and think, oh my god, that's it, that's so simple, and then yeah. we're going to be diving into the deeper details and the boot camp, which is going to be awesome. Um, so we're we're trying to give you like a free challenge here, and then daily not 15, 30 minute videos for the nine days in between the challenge and the boot camp. But the boot camp's going to be the big hurrah, and Nick Nick can handle it. Come on, brother, and but like so. Stay tuned. There's so much coming. And uh, throughout this year, guys, we're going to be just keep on delivering tons of values, doing more challenges like this, more YouTube videos, more podcasts. Um, all right. So first, we want to get the comments going. We want to get the activity going. So right now, everybody, take your little mouse, go to the computer screen, and give us a thumbs up and give us some comments. Type in some questions. We, we want to see what were your biggest takeaways yesterday. And what are some of your biggest questions today? So do two things, please. Right now, we want to ask everybody to participate. Whether you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube right now, most of you, 99% of you are watching this in the Facebook group, the New Market Challenge Facebook group. So type in the comments right now, please give us a thumbs up and type in the comments, what was some of your biggest takeaways, one or two of your biggest takeaways, and what is, what is the big question that you have? Because we're going to be looking at that. We're not going to answer all of the questions here, but um, yep. we want to be, we want to know kind of where you are at so we can kind of talk yep. about this. And, and the other reason is guys as well, why we ask you to do this is because we have these sessions very well prepared. We've been working on this for weeks, but we do have flexibility. So if we see a common thing coming up that we need to talk about, it will be added. Okay. So that's the other reason why we want feedback um, to see what, see what you all need. And the, the two day event is virtual. Yes. So you do not need to fly in or anything like yeah. that. It is 100% virtual. Yeah. Michael, good question. We unload the vacant land by advertising it. Um, Facebook Marketplace, um, Facebook Groups, Craigslist, and um, different land invest land websites. But yeah, lots of good information here. I'm looking at the feedback. 
I'm getting a lot of confusion uh, uh, comments on vacant land. Like a lot of questions about um, being excited about it. All right, nice. The comments are just flooding in. This is awesome. Keep on typing them. And if you have not already, please, right now, whether it's on your phone, it doesn't matter. Go to the Facebook or the YouTube comments and just type in the comments. What were your big takeaways? And what are some of the big questions you have going forward? All right, so we're going to jump in and start talking. Keep on um, typing it in. I don't want you guys to stop because we really want this feedback. And the other thing that this does when people are commenting, it helps push the algorithms in Facebook up so that they will notify other people that are in the group but I haven't been are not on here yet. Okay, so there's a few things we want to now talk about. Um, some important principles. This is really, really important. Follow the demand. Find your buyers first. This is so, so critical to everything that we're doing. We're not just throwing a dart at a map, right, Gavin, and picking a market to go into. We're not no. just choosing the market that we're in either, right? What if you live in Manhattan? Um, you, you, I saw a thing the other day. Uh, they asked a few years ago, they asked the nine or 10 candidates for mayor in New York City what the average cost of a house was in New York City. <laughs> and half of them said like under $500,000. And the real truth is like it's one and a half million dollars. So they're so out of touch with how much real estate costs. <laughs> but anyway, um, the uh, what was I? Why is I saying that? You want to, you, oh yeah. So if you live in New York city, you may not want to do deals there. So it's don't just throw a map at a, a dart at a map. We need to be more strategic in how we're picking our markets. And the best way to do that is to follow the demand. Where are people actually buying houses? What markets across the country have good cash flow where landlords are looking to buy properties for cash flow? Right? They're not buying for cash flow in San Diego or LA. They're not buying for cash flow in Manhattan, not maybe even Denver or Nashville. I mean, those are expensive markets. But what about Oklahoma, Missouri, Alabama? Um, you know, uh, Jackson, Mississippi is a great market right now. You can get great deals there for, for cash flow. So we are following the money. What do our buyers want? What are they looking for? And where are they looking for it? So, Gavin, talk about that a little bit. Why did you um, pick the market that you, you're going into? Yeah. Um, well, again, I always break down into I've got to shorten it down immediately, okay, with this this 50 states, right? There's so many counties, so many cities I talked about yesterday. So the first thing I do is, well, where where can I narrow that down? What does that look like? So as I start to do that and think about this actually fell across the market that I picked. I'm not going to say what it is, fell across a conversation that I had with Dustin, one of my partners. Um, and he said, hey, I got some buyers looking in this particular area right now. I said, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's cool. I was like, well, I actually got to do a challenge. Um, and I kind of looked at the market and I go into this and that conversation sparked enough for me to then go and analyze that market. And the good thing is we talk about, I think one of the biggest questions we get about houses is small towns, right? And what does that yeah. mean? And I think there's this small towns on the verge of like a Phoenix where Phoenix is made up of then you know, other little cities and not even towns, but suburbs that are still built up heavily. Or you go to Alabama and outside of like Shelby County, it's like super rural. So I think there's a time and a place for that. But 
if you are in a small county, and I teach this as well, I'll be talking about this in, in my video, is that that's okay because you can dominate that market, but you just need to understand that you're going to have to go further afield to get enough data as it builds. So if we go to a population of 50,000, we might be able to get, you know, a couple of thousand decent records there for us to start with and go and make money, but that we're not going to be able to survive in that market forever, but we can go and make money there, learn the trade and then go and bolt on the surrounding counties to keep that data coming to us. So um, that's kind of the things that, that, that I look for. Um, but but to pick that market, it, it's little conversations and networking or, again, where did you grow up? Where did you live? What do you know? And then look at that market. And if I grew up in Manhattan and, well, Joe, look at your scenario, right? San Diego versus Missouri, where you live now. Like if we were going to start wholesaling or even lease options or creative finance, like it, we'd be going to St. Louis. I mean, it's not even oh, yeah. like a question, right? So if you as a client you know st louis like inside out it, it just makes sense to do it right it well here's the important thing that. too it's not any harder to do deals virtual in the virtual markets no uh, like if you can do deals in one city there's no reason why you can't do deals in eight cities and write that down guys write that down in the comments do you get it you have to believe that it's totally true if you can do deals in one city there's no reason why you can't do deals in eight and if you can do one deal a month there's no reason why you can't do eight deals a month. Yeah, We want to remove those limitations out of your head because there is so much opportunity here. None of us has an excuse for why we're not doing deals. So yep. we, we were looking for markets where the demand is, or if you've already picked a market, where in that market is the demand? And this is why it's so important. It's always easier to sell people what they want rather than what you have. What do I mean by that? So like, let's say you had, you made a, I talk about this analogy a lot. You made, you made a bowl of spaghetti and you're walking through the streets of New York, you know, and you're trying to sell your bowl of spaghetti to hungry people. They're going to be like, who are you? You're, you're nuts, right? Like you're just selling me. But what if instead you went around and you started, you know, you, you put your DoorDash vest on and you said, Hey, I'm going to go buy some food for somebody. Are you hungry? Uh, what would you like to eat? And then you go buy it for them. You think you'd have an easier time selling that. Yes, you would. So the whole point is it's always easier to sell what people want rather than what you have. So if you first go out and just try to find a deal, you're not, you don't know if you have any people that are wanting that deal even, or even what they want or what they're paying for. So you need to follow the demand. Um, it's, and this is another thing you should think about. It's easier to find a house for a buyer than a buyer for a house. That's what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. easier to find a house for a buyer than a buyer for a house. And the same with land. So when, when we go into picking a market for vacant land, for example, we're looking to see, well, which counties has the most activity. And it's easy to find with houses and vacant land. It's all on the Internet. So one of the things I want to show you here is uh, if you Google right now, best cash flow rental markets, okay, best, best cash flow rental markets. Why don't I share my screen and show you what comes up here? Because um, this will make a lot of sense. And uh, is this it here? <laughs> Sorry, hold on a second here. Uh, where'd it go? Window. Ah, no. Dang it. Where'd it go? Oh, this is it. I got it. Sorry. 
All right. So there we go. I just did a search for best cash flow rental markets. Okay. And here is a one of the links that I'd found earlier. Roofstock. All right. What are the best real estate markets for cash flow? This is something you guys should do sometime later today if you're looking for good markets. And this is a company that did a bunch of research for me to figure out where is the demand, where are people actually look. So what's going to happen is a dentist or a doctor in California with a ton of money is going to be looking at this website because they've got a bunch of money they're wanting to invest. They're going to be wondering like, where would I go? And they're going to find this article and they're going to scroll down. And you can see the cool thing about this one is, um, and I'll go ahead and put the link to this in the, as best I can here, um, the comments. So some of you may see this in Facebook. Some of you may not, um, this article, but it's from Roofstock. Um, all right. So Mike, my, I posted the link in the comments if that shows up. So here are from realtor.com or Montley Fool that um, the 10 top housing markets for 2022, and they considered such factors as geographic hotspots that are home to healthy local economies, low unemployment, places with growing tech scenes, people can work from home, demand from housing for both young and retirees. Now, they're not necessarily looking at cash flow here because Salt Lake City, expensive, Boise, expensive, yeah. but these are areas with rising high demand, right? Yeah. Spokane, Indianapolis, Columbus, those are two great markets for cash flow. And you'll see this. There's, an, there's more lists as we go down here. All right. Now, Fortune Magazine, um, they're predicting that um, this is where home prices are expected to keep going up. So this is for investing in appreciation. Portland, um, Salt Lake City, Worcester, Boise. Roofstock. Um, this, is, uh, this is a little different. This, uh, da, 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 da. Well, these are the markets for roofstock. Then I'm, I'm, I'm getting here to um, more, like they keep on listing a bunch of different cities. Do you see what I'm saying here? All right. Now, look at this. Why cash flow matters. Talks about cash flow here. Rich dad, how to calculate cash flow. How to find cash flowing rental properties. Locating rental properties with strong cash flow. And you keep on going, oh, I thought, I thought there'd be a list. But anyway, you're going to find articles like this that give you lists of the markets with the best kind of cash flow. And if you go to that link I, you know, I did here in Google, best cash flow rental markets, you'll see a bunch of articles in here, best places to buy a rental property from realwealth.com. All right. And um, here we go. This is a much better list because these are more affordable markets. All right. Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, Cincinnati, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. Dayton, Detroit, um, Huntsville, Indianapolis, Montgomery, Alabama. So like go to these articles and look for these cities and then go in and determine, well, of these cities, which ones, um, which are, what are one or two that I could actually start targeting? Does that make sense? All right. Let me yep. get us back in here. All right. I, I just want to add as well that what you'll find guys as well, the network is, is, critical in, in everything that you do okay yeah. I, I cannot ex express enough about networking um and what you'll find is is that when you do have buyers you really need to understand when you're talking to realtors okay what do realtors do they have buyers realtors might have 10 buyers right you can build your buyers it's very quickly from relationships property managers what do they do they look after rental properties for investors 
Okay, so if they have 40 investors, then they might have 40 cash buyers. So you can build this very quickly, but it's also learning exactly where they're buying. And sometimes the conversation will go, hey, what are you buying, uh, Joe? And he'll say, oh, I'll buy everywhere. Okay, and technically they won't. So you have to then ask, well, is there any zip codes that you won't buy in? Oh, yeah, I won't buy over here. So it's just the way that they'll say, well, if the numbers work, I'll buy, but technically they won't. So you sometimes, again, eliminating is a little bit easier. And, and, and the other thing I'll tell you as well, don't be worried if your data in terms of activity and zip codes is certain, like these 10 zip codes are where the data is telling you, but you have 10 buyers wanting to buy in these three zip codes and they're not a part of your data, go where the buyers are buying, right? Because that's even better. If there's less activity in them zip codes, you can go and dominate if you have the buyers that are buying in them areas. Like I get so excited when our, when our buyers in Birmingham start buying in like markets outside of Birmingham. And we're thinking, really, you're buying there? But that's great news because I know all you guys are going to go to Birmingham. So while you're all fishing in Birmingham, I can go and fish an hour away where no one else is fishing, right, for deals and start to dominate. I also did this on high-end properties as well. Going into low-end markets and started focusing on high-end properties, we did very well doing that because why? As, 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 in, as coaches, we teach you probably stay under 200, 300,000 if you're starting off because most of your buyers are buying there. But what if you build a relationship with the high-end flippers and you have five of them and then no one's marketing to the high-end properties? If you start thinking, you've, you've got to start thinking out the box and doing things, you know, start coming up with a strategy um, to make money. So I just wanted yeah. to share that. I want to show you guys something really cool here too. Um, that's going to, I think, blow you away. Um, if I, we're going to go to just for vacant land, let me share my screen here. I'm at landwatch.com. Okay. Landwatch.com. And uh, <clears throat> just some quick activity that you can do. There are 499,000 listings, right? But if I scroll down, we're mainly looking for smaller properties. So I'm going to do one to 20 acres. All right. This is all nationwide. And I'm also looking at, um, uh, cheaper properties. I'm looking for cheap rural properties. So I'm going to go maximum price, $100,000, just as an example. You sometimes go higher than that, right? Because when we're buying vacant land, we're buying vacant lots for like one or two or $3,000. All right, we're buying them really, really cheap. And now look at this. There's 68,000 listings. And look at the states, Georgia, North Carolina, Texas, Tennessee. There we go. Those are some of the states I would start looking at. Now, don't everybody just go into Georgia, all right? But look at North Carolina is a great market. Texas is a great market. Tennessee is a great market. Florida, all right? Now, one other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to check solds. Actives are important and solds are important, okay? I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to uncheck under contract. I'm going to uncheck available. So there are about 58,000 sold lots under $100,000, one to 20 acres in the United States. But look at this, Texas and California are the top two. But those are also two of the largest states, right? So you kind of take that with a grain of salt. But here we go, Florida, Colorado, Tennessee, Missouri. Missouri? What? Arizona, Oklahoma? So like that's just a real quick and dirty way how you can find out nationwide 
what states are having the most activity. And these are properties that people are buying, again, for recreational use. This is landwatch.com. So just play around with these things. You know, when we go to um, for houses, and we're going to show you this in more detail later in the nine-day con. List source is a great simple way. I'm not, I don't have time to do it right now, but list source is a great way to go to see what is, um, where are the investor buying houses activity at. All right. So uh, think about that. Good stuff there, I think. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, so find the, find the, find the buyers. Here's some more things that's super important to understand. These are the, the rules of real estate. Okay. Number one, this is easy. Stop complicating it. Stop overthinking it. This stuff is easy. I know it's easy to get paralyzed in over analysis. And I even worry about showing you that thing that I just did. Cause some of you are going to go out and spend hours playing with land watch, right? And, uh, you're going to overanalyze and get paralyzed in analysis paralysis. But this is business is super easy. Stop overcomplicating it and put the car in drive. I, I did this. That shows you my age. Put the car in drive like like a um, thing, you know, or maybe it's all right. Put the car in drive. But uh, you can't drive a parked car. All right. Start get it in drive or at least neutral and start coasting. Start moving forward. And just focus on one step at a time. Stop asking about all the what ifs. Well, no. What if there's a moose that crosses the road two miles down the street? What am I going to do? All right. Just put it in drive. Start moving forward one step at a time. Stop asking what if and start asking what next. Because this is our problem. And I, I can saying this because I can relate. And this was me. I complicate it too much because I ask too many questions and I get too scared. Does that make sense? You want to add to that, Gavin? Um, yeah, I, I just think like overwhelms a choice, right? We talked about it yesterday, like you gave your example of, of your mom being on the call. And, and there's so many different questions from houses to land and this and that and scenarios. And they're never ending. I don't think we ever have the answers. Like even us, like you'll see the craziest things in real estate that, that still happen. The way if it's the way people live, the way people treat their property whether it's hoarders, whether it's dead animals in house. I mean, they're just the things that you can't even think about that would that can potentially happen in real estate. And sometimes in nice neighborhoods, right? The HOA from the outside, you can't tell anything. You go inside and you can't walk in the in the door because of, you know, beer bottles and cans and, and whatnot. Um, so you, you're never going to be perfect. And you've got to do one thing at a time, one step at a time, and then and focus on that. Like, when I do this and these, these, these nine days, I'm going to be making decisions uh, and I'm going to be sticking with them and I'm going to be moving forward. OK. Yeah. And, and when you see the, the way that I break it down and I'm doing it in videos of over nine days, but I could probably get it going within 48 hours. Right. Um, but I like to break it down and I'm just making a decision because if you don't make a decision, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Yeah. And you're not going to know. I don't know if it was the best market to pick, we will find out. Right. And, and I don't know if this market's better than that. Like people say, well, where would you go? And again, I go, well, where wouldn't I go? Why don't I tell you where I wouldn't go? Right. Because there's so much opportunity out there and there's people doing deals in every market in the United States. There's not one market where someone's not doing deals. I know people in Tampa, a hard market that are doing 10 plus deals a month in Tampa. So yeah. Well, it can be done, right? So 
you've just got to apply yourself. And, um, and I think that's what you need to do is one step at a time and just take action. Like we said yesterday, take your notes yesterday and then simplify it into simple bullet points that you can look over and take action. Don't wait three days and then go, you've got to cycle all this information. You need to you know, put it down and then get on to the next day and do the same yep. again. All right. So let me, we're going to give you four more rules for this stuff. This is all important. I mean, you, you may be saying, well, get into the details, but like the details doesn't matter if you don't understand this. All right. Number one, there's five rules here, but number one, this is easy. Stop complicating it. Just believe, tell yourself right now, type it in the comments. This is easy. All right. You got to believe that it is. And I know it's, Easy for us to say that because we've been on the other side. We've done tons of deals. Come on, this is easy. The next rule is this. Write this down. Type it in the comments. Write it down on a piece of paper. This will help you remember this stuff. You've got to write this down. Number one, always be marketing. Always be marketing. Never, ever stop. Never stop. Always be marketing. Because... This is a marketing business. We're not in the land business, not in the real estate investing business, not in the house wholesaling business. We are in the marketing business, okay? So you always need to be marketing. Every single day, you need to be marketing. You need to be doing something, sending letters, text messages, phone calls. You need to be outbound marketing. You can't rely on people bringing deals to you. You need to be aggressively going out and finding the deals. And this is about consistency. It's about momentum. Um, so you um, you need a marketing plan, but you always, always be marketing, okay? And this is what I learned. I have to get somebody to get it done. I have to have somebody do my marketing for me in spite of me. Because if I try to do it myself, I get too busy. I get just, you know, I get discouraged. I have good days, bad days. I'm like, I don't want to do marketing today. Forget that. You need to get a virtual assistant or one of your kids or your grandma to do your marketing for you. So if you had a simple marketing plan, and we'll cover this in a lot detail in the bootcamp, but like you need to have at least two or three things that you're doing every day or every week. You know, maybe it's make 20 outbound calls, um, dials, call five realtors a day, uh, send 20 yellow letters a day, um, send 20 texts a day, whatever it is, you need to be doing that consistently every single day and be committed to doing that every single day for at least three months before you decide to quit or give up. All right. Always, always, always be marketing. The next thing is talk to five sellers a day. Write that down. Talk to five sellers a day. And that could be a realtor, property manager, homeowner. But if you just talk to five people a day, guys, you cannot but do deals. If you're not on the phone, you're not making money. So I don't care if it's 9 p.m., okay? If it's 10 p.m. at night, well, guess what? It's 7 p.m. Like if you're in New York, it's 7 p.m. in California. Call, just get on the phone and start calling people yep. that have properties listed for rent. And just ask them, hey, I'm looking for a deal. Do you have any? That's it. What are you going to yeah. say, Gavin? I was going to say, when I was in England, when I was working in Phoenix and I'd visit England, there's times when I had to get up at two, three o'clock in the morning to talk to a seller because obviously they finish work and there's a seven to eight hour, depending on what time of year, difference, right? So I'd have to get on the phone, get up, set an alarm in the middle of the night to get up to talk to this seller. And do I want to be setting my alarm and talking to a seller at three in the morning? No, of course not. But is it the only chance for me to speak to them while I'm traveling that you've got to do what you've got to do? Um, and I want to say something else as well. 
that you should write down. The marketing that you focus on is the marketing that works. Okay. So there is no such thing as cold calling doesn't work and texting doesn't work and direct mail doesn't work. And this doesn't work. It's whatever you're focusing on. So if someone says it doesn't work, you need to ask, well, tell me more about it. What do, what do you mean? How much are you doing of it? Right. My number one thing is cold calling still. Right. I have coaching clients. Their number one is texting. But they do more texting than cold calling. I do more cold calling than texting. So it's going to outperform it. I can only really put it up against each other if I do exactly the same in each marketing channel and then over a period of time track it, right? That's the only way that I know. So remember, what you focus on is what's going to work. So you've got to make a decision, whether it's one-off letters on direct mail, doing land, whether it's cold calling, hiring a VA, or texting yourself, whatever. Make a decision and stick with it because that's what's going to work. Yeah. And again, you know, if you're following, if you're doing these things, I can guarantee your success. And I don't say that very often, and I don't take that lightly. But that's the thing. If, if you believe that you can do it, if you're marketing every day, if you're talking to sellers every day, then you can do deals. All right. The next rule, write this down. Write this down. You ready? What's the number one rule in real estate? Make offers, make offers, make offers. It's not location, location, location. The number one rule in real estate is make offers. So you should be making offers to every single seller you talk to. Make an offer to every seller you talk to. It doesn't matter if they say, no, I don't want to sell it. <laughs> okay. Send them an offer anyway. You just talk to them. They just responded to your text or your email or your letter. They called you for some reason. Maybe you're miles apart. Okay. But make offers anyway. This is your speed to income is directly proportional to the number of offers that you make. Your speed to income is directly proportional to the number of offers that you make. If we're talking to somebody who's struggling, the first thing we ask them is, how many offers have you made in the last week? And nine times out of nine, they're not making enough offers. That's why they're struggling. All right? You've got to do that. It's, it's, it's simple. So in this order, though, remember, you got to be marketing, always marketing. You're always talking to sellers, and you're making an offer to every seller you talk to. Yep. All right? And then now, you're following up. Yeah, that's the final step here. The final step? You follow up with sellers every 30 days. So when we're talking follow-up, we're talking about text, email, phone calls, letters, whatever it is, smoke signals, carrier pigeons. Like you got to be following up with all of your sellers. So write that down. The final step, the most important successful rule, rule to be successful in real estate is follow-up. You know, Gavin, talk about that time we looked at in the last 12 months, how many deals that we did. And it was like 58. And how many yeah. of those deals came from follow-up? 54 came from follow-up. And that, that's the difference between us doing four deals in a year and 58 deals, right? I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And, and a lot of you don't do follow-up and that's why you're doing four a year, but you could be doing 58 or more or whatever, or close to that number. Um, you know, by doing that. And, and, and I can't stress it enough. And, and you've got to, you've got to look at the situation today. And sometimes you have to look at like, think of your life, something that happens, you make a decision today, but if something happens tomorrow, it might be a different decision. And it's no different to the seller, right? If I talk to Joe and he's like, nah, I just think I'm just going to wait. I'm going to keep the property. And then tomorrow he loses his job. This happens, that happens, family member gets sick, he 
he gets a job opportunity to move to another state. Like everything can change just on that time frame. And that's what you've got to be thinking. You've got to be sitting in that pocket, following up with the sellers and waiting for things to change. Yeah. So who can repeat the rules? I saw somebody that typed it in. Who are those rules that I just talked about? Guys, if you get anything out of this challenge that we're giving you, I hope it's this. There he is. Stop complicating it. This is easy. Number one. Number two, always be marketing. We're not in the real estate investing business. We're in the marketing business. The third rule, talk to five sellers a day. Okay. Just whatever you can do. Like if you can talk to five, because you think about it, that's five sellers a day. Let's say five days a week. That's 25 sellers a week. That's a hundred sellers in one month. If I were to ask all of you guys, how many sellers have you talked to in the last month? It might probably, you can count them on one hand. But when we're talking about talking, all we're doing is talking about, listen, I don't like being on the phone. I don't, I don't like sales. I'm not a good sales guy. But <clears throat> all you're doing is talking to people and say, hey, my name is Joe. I'm an investor. I'm new in the business. And I'm looking for deals in this in the Des Moines area. I was just wondering if you could tell me a little bit about this house. Is it still available? Can you tell me a little bit about it. You wouldn't be any, you, you don't have any other deals you might be looking to sell, would you? So just make phone calls, just talk to five sellers a day. And if you can yep. do that, guess what? The next month, you're going to talk to another hundred. And we're only talking about like three minutes on each, on a phone call. Three to five minutes max. That's it. Just asking questions about the house. Well, you know, if you find anything, will you let me know? Can I send you my contact information in case you find something later? Are you looking to buy houses? Sometimes I find houses that I don't want to buy. Maybe you, I can send them to you. Yeah. Um, if you're a realtor, I can pay you commission if you bring me deals. Okay. Yeah. But just start talking to people and ask them about the houses. You're going to get better and better and better at it. Pretty soon it's going to be like, man, five's not enough. I want to talk to 10. I got another hour. I can make five more phone calls. But now at second month, you've talked to uh, another hundred people and then you're going to have follow-up, you know, and then you, the more you do this, the more leads you're going to have, the more follow-up you're going to get. And that's where the deals happen. So the third real rule is talk to five sellers a day. Uh, fourth is make offers. Make offer to every seller you talk to. Send them an email. Hey, it was nice talking to you. Listen, if you want to sell your house, I might be able to buy it somewhere in this price range. And if you like, just take Zillow, the Zillow's estimate value <clears throat> times 70% and just say, listen, I might be able to buy it, but it'd be somewhere around this price range. That's it. Yep. Okay. And Go ahead. I was just going to say, like Clive said yesterday on our VIP call about you've got to be talking to random people. I'll give you an example. We were in Michigan and I was going for a walk and there was a guy walking his dog, right? And there, there was like roadworks and they'd like took this bridge. So we kind of came to a dead end at the same time. And uh, I was looking for contractors. I don't really know the area. And I'm like, hey, I got a random question. Uh, do you know any contractors? And he's like, well, actually, I used to be a contractor. He's like, let me think. I might have people to refer. I was like, yeah, I mean, we just bought this lake house and, uh, you know, I buy houses. And he's like, oh, you do? He's like, I actually have eight of them in town right now. I'm thinking about, I might sell them. So all of a sudden now from having that conversation to now him having eight houses that I'm going to be looking at and potentially buying, right, from a random conversation. So yeah. until you talk to people, right, we're in the business, we're in the people business, right? We're in the marketing business, but we're in the people business. And where a lot of you go wrong is that in sales, you need to focus on the person, not the property. Because if you can solve the person's problem, you get the property. Yeah. It comes with it, right? Because that is the solution potentially to their problem. So when you're going in, stop thinking and going on about the house, the house, the house. Focus more on them and what do they need 
and is it money? Is it time? Is it, what is it? What do they need that you can help with? And then the property comes second. If you do that, you're going to do more deals. A lot of you just got gunning in on, on, on the property and it's not, it's not about that. So the final rule is follow up, follow up with every seller you talk to every 30 days. And it could be a postcard. It could be a letter. It could be a text, a phone call, a sly broadcast, you know, a sly dial. That's where you can leave a message on their voicemail without ringing their phone. So it's just simple. Hey, Jim, this is Joe. You probably don't remember me. Talked to you a little while ago about your house at 123 Main Street. Just following up to see how it's going. Have you sold it yet? Um, Let me know. Thanks. That's it. Follow up. Now, it's easier to do the follow up when you've already sent them an offer. Because then you can say, hey, Jim, probably don't remember me. I'm just following up with that offer I sent you a month ago, two months ago. Just wondering how it's going following up. Have you sold the house yet? Or do you have any other houses that you might want to sell? I'm still looking for deals. Uh, So follow up, follow up is so critical. And you can get eventually a virtual assistant to do this for you by sending an email, sending a text, a voicemail or whatever. Uh, Super important. All right. I appreciate your feedback too and your interaction, guys, in the Facebook group. Uh, what we're going to do yeah, now is Gavin is going to talk about the, I don't know, you got 10 steps here on, on doing a house deal. And I'm going to talk about my 10 steps in doing a land deal. So you guys want to get your pen and paper. <clears throat> you want to write this down. Yeah. And maybe um, I can share, you know, should I share my screen so that people can see what they get in the, if they had, if you're a VIP member, you get this mind map. Okay. Yeah, and this, well, I'm just going to say, you know, kind of the process here of, of what we would do um, to, to move it is not my process for the nine days, by the way. So right. I just wanted to explain that. Um, so but like, yes. What we're covering here are the steps, I'll zoom in, for doing a deal. All right. Yeah. Uh, let me zoom in even more. So this is Gavin's list right here. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, fine. I'm echoing a little bit. I don't know why. I'll turn my volume down. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, Yeah. So what I would do, guys, is always find talk to the buyers first. Now, under the buyers comes, you know, realtors, property managers, wholesalers. Okay, because wholesalers have buyers, realtors do, property managers do, and then obviously cash buyers. Find out what they want to buy, where they're buying, how many they're buying. Okay, get all this feedback, what zip codes they're not buying in. Once I have this information, and then I will strengthen them buyers to go, okay, is this a buyer that will buy twice a year? Or is this a buyer that wants to buy five, 10 a month, right? And there's going to be a place and a time when you need both. The guy that's buying less is probably going to pay you more. The guy that's buying more is going to be quicker, efficient, and he's he's going to be kind of like, your VIP by uh, the one that you kind of always go with because it's just easy, right? And we all need them sometimes. So once I have that information, I'm then going to go and pull a list, okay? I'm going to go and pull probably an absentee list. That's kind of a foundation list that I like, making sure that I have equity, um, okay? Um, you know, probably 10 plus years of ownership. So I'm going to I'm going to pull this list. I'm then going to go into skip tracing it, getting the phone numbers back, and then we're going to start to market. Now, when we market, obviously, I'm going to probably lead in with cold calling. Um, you can do it yourself or get a VA to do it, okay? Preferably a VA and you, okay, if, if, if you can, if the budget will allow, okay? So I would go and hire a VA at five bucks an hour to be doing maybe four hours a day plus you cold calling as well if you need more leads. 
And then you can also throw some text messaging in there as well. Okay. Um, once them leads coming in, you're then going to start this, the, what I call the process. So as Joe said earlier, number one is marketing. We have the leads now coming in. Number two is talking to the sellers. Why are we talking to the sellers? Okay. Because that's how we're going to gather the information that we need. Okay. So talking to the sellers, we're going to gather information that's going to allow us then to go on to the next step, which is making offers. Once we have the information from the sellers, it now allows us to know if you are a, an investor that can has, has multiple tools, meaning you can do creative deals, you can do cash, then now you can look at this situation and say, right, what offer is going to best suit this seller? And that is the offer that you're going to make. Okay. Now you can make that one offer. Sometimes you can pair it up. One of my favorite strategies in making an offer and sometimes over the phone, if I want to do a creative deal, I will always add the cash on it. And the reason being is, it makes my creative deal look so much better, okay? Then they will turn that offer down. They will say, maybe, let me think about it, whatever, right? And then we put them on follow-up. Now, follow-up could be uh, anything from the same day, the next day, seven days, 30 days, and an hour. Um, if you are starting off, you need to make an offer every, sorry, you need to follow up every 30 days. Just make that decision. Again, we're in the business to make decisions, and I've just made it for you. Just call them every 30 days until you have too many leads, and then you can make that judgment call if it should be three months, should it be a week or tomorrow. Any hot to warm lead, what is a hot to warm lead? Where they're motivated, they have a problem, you, you can sense something, a decision to be made. They need to be on a whiteboard, on a piece of paper, in front of your computer. You need to be sleeping, dreaming about them. Do not rely on the CRM for hot and warm leads, okay? You need to have them in front of you. And the idea is, is that you're going to take a prospect, you're going to get them under contract, and you're going to move them from column to column. Okay, so you have the seller, pending contract, under contract, and in close. And your job is go left to right and get them through them channels to get your first you know, deal. So once we have it under contract, you're then going to move into the cash buyers. Okay, now you're going to call everyone that you already talked to. And it's very simple. Hey, Jim, Pam, Bob, whoever, all of them. Uh, I've got this property in this area uh, under contract. Would you? Are you interested in still buying? And then you start to make that that connection, um, and you go there first. Also, you can go to your your wholesalers if you've already depend on your setup. You kick this over to the wholesaler and let them roll with it if they're going to be a partner, and let them do that disposition as well, depending on how. Um, you know, you are, you're setting up. Now I like partnering and I, I, let me just say this. I like partnering because again, escrow and a and the title company and all the questions, right? I have saved out thousands and thousands of hours. All right. By allowing someone to dispo my deals, because guess what? They're not calling me to say title this and that. And can you get this from the seller? And can you get that? And can you chase this down? And you got to do all these things. So, again, it just depends on how you want to build this business. But that's, again, what I would do. But if not, you just have to do them things. Okay. And that is how I would do a real estate deal. You're muted. Yeah. Let me add to this, too. If you don't have a local wholesaler that has these kinds of relationships, um, there are national title companies or closing companies that can close your deals. Um, they can help you with that stuff. But like, I totally agree. I love, love, love partnering with local investors that are already doing deals 
because they already have the team. They already have the buyers. They already have the money. They know the title companies that will allow you to do double closings or assignments. Um, they have the hard money lenders that will lend money on a particular deal. They can <clears throat> uh, worry about the details of showing the property, of, of mm -hmm. making sure, coordinating the lockbox, you know, uh, taking pictures. If there's problems, and there always are problems, there's always going to be something that comes up in a deal. There's no two deals that are ever the same, but there's always going to be something come up. But with a seasoned wholesaler that's been there, done that, done a lot of deals, guess what? They can help you with that. Um, and so there's a lot of questions around that, you know, like how do you find a good one? How do you know if they don't go behind your back? But when we partner with local wholesalers, everything is open book. We see the contracts with the seller, the contracts with the buyers. We see the title statements. We are involved in every step of the process. Yeah. Okay. So it's completely open book. Um, and if you don't have, a, again, like I said, if you don't have a local wholesaler, we have tools and resources that we recommend to students um, for national friendly uh, title companies and, and closing agents, uh, closing coordinators that can help you with all of your deals nationwide. And yeah. we're going to be doing using them, especially me in my vacant land deals. Um, so yeah. we'll talk more about I, that. I, I just want to say as well, like, again, I think it's just you can't overthink this bit. You just literally Google attorneys or title companies and you yeah. call them and you say, hey, uh, I'm a wholesaler. Do you do assignment contracts? Do you do double closes? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's a no, right? Or yeah, we do them all the time. Great, we have someone. Let's go. Let's open it up, and and decision made. Don't don't overthink this bit either. Yeah, I have a student in Atlanta, Adrian, who just went to Google and did a search for real estate attorney and called every single real estate attorney that showed up down the list, and just asked them a question. I'm want to do a lease option. Can you help me? Okay, until he finally found one, and then said, All right, well. This is what I want to do. It's called lease option assignments or wholesaling lease options. Is that okay? And the lady said, sure. And he said, okay, well, I have some contracts here. Can I send them to you from Joe McCall? Can you look at them? She said, sure. 50 bucks later, hundred bucks later, she looks at the contracts and says, okay, this is fine. Just maybe change this few things here. And uh, she was willing then to do all of his lease option deals just by getting on the phone and calling. Yeah. All and right. I've got, I'm going to have a good case study, uh, hopefully by the two day. Um, I just went under contract for a house in Savannah that we're buying. Um, and I'm going to be telling everyone about it as long as it closes title. And the only reason is this title clears. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good one for you to kind of go. And someone actually bought me the deal. So yeah, I'm going to be sure. <clears throat> People are asking, how do I get this mind map? If you're a VIP member, you get it. So go to newmarketvip.com, right? And I, I'm going to show you my section of the mind map here as well. But again, newmarketvip.com. You get access to the mind map, the extra coaching calls, the nine days of extra content that we're doing when this challenge is done of us detailing our steps through a new market, showing you what we're doing and a two day boot camp, and recordings of all of these calls and all that stuff. Right. Okay? All right. So let me go to mine here. That's Gavin's. And this is my, these are my steps for land. I'm going to zoom in, make it big so you can see it. All right. Number one is your market research. You want to follow the demand. You want to similar to what I just showed you on land watch. You want to go where the prop the, the 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 demand is. Where are people selling and buying properties? I'm not afraid of competition. I like competition, and that's another thing. <clears throat> as you're looking at virtual markets, you got to remember: um, if there's no competition, you should be worried. There should be something wrong if there's no competition. You want to make sure you're in a market where people are actually actively buying properties. All right. Now, for land, vacant land, again, we're buying super cheap properties for a thousand bucks. 5,000 bucks at the most. We're buying these cheap properties. Um, and so 
sometimes you'll need two or three different counties. So I don't put all my eggs in one basket. I like to pick two or three markets that I'm going to be going into. All right. And I, my favorite is direct mail. The thing I like about land is I don't have to talk to sellers until they get my offer until they've seen my offer. Then I talk to them. You can't do that with houses. We have students that try to do that. It's you're, it's just much, much harder if you're doing that with houses, but with vacant land, you don't talk to the seller until they see your offer at 20, 25 cents on the dollar. And if they're open to it, if they're negotiable, then you talk to them. All right. Uh, the next thing is you pull a list and I'm going to be showing you how to do this in the daily content. I don't have the time right now, but you pull a list and it's really, really critical that you get a good list because if you don't, you're going to be wasting a ton of money on direct mail. That's going to go to the wrong sellers The that you want to send direct mail to the sellers that are um, um, have, are most likely to want to sell their property, right? So it's like um, they've owned the property for at least 10 years. They live outside the county that the property is in. And um, it fits your criteria of, you know, maybe one to 20 acres. Um, it's worth less than $150,000. So we're looking for cheap, rural, vacant, recreational land, right? And it's as simple as that. Now, there's some really important tools that I'll show you later that we use to pull that list. Uh, you want to make sure you're, you're scrubbing and removing people that you don't want to mail to. All right, now you price the properties and you're like, what? So you got to figure out, okay, in this county and in and, and properties around these cities, what is the average selling price per acre? Okay, what's the average selling price per acre? And again, I'm going to show you later. There's tools that can do this for you. Just it's super simple, but you want to make offers at 25% of that. Now, once I get this data, I got this big spreadsheet. I'm going to start sending out letters or postcards and they're neutral letters. What I mean by that is like, it's just, hey, I see Jim and they're personalized. Hey, Jim, um, I think you own this 4.6 acre lot in Jackson County, North Carolina. If you'd like to sell it, I'd like to buy it. Please give, give me a call at this 24-hour pre-recorded voicemail hotline. I call it a 24-hour recorded voicemail hotline because then they know nobody's going to answer the phone. And then I tell them there's a reference number on the postcard or the letter. And so when they call, the voicemail says, hey, thanks for calling Dream Big, Dream Big Land. Um, if you got one of my postcards, please leave your name and number. And then the reference number that is on your postcard, and we will send you an offer, right? All I'm doing is just telling them to leave a voicemail. So when you say 24-hour recorded voicemail on the postcard, you'll get double or triple the number of calls. That's why I do that. Then when they leave the reference number, I just go to my spreadsheet where all the data is, and I see the reference number. Okay, they're calling about this 4.3-acre lot in Jackson County with these GPS coordinates, with these um, this parcel ID. Um, or APN number. And then I see what the offer is and I'm going to send them an offer. And I do all of this inside of FreedomSoft. Um, so FreedomSoft handles the, the incoming voicemails, the uh, creating the contracts, the offers. It's all, all that. So when they leave a voicemail, it also sends them in a, te a text message back automatically. Um, I send them an offer. The internet, so that's it. Like it's a little different. I'm not talking to them until after they leave a voicemail and I send them an offer. Is that clear? So I'm saying, and by yeah. the way, with letters for, for vacant land, uh, you're doing good if you get half of 1% response rate with houses, half of 1% response rate. That's 0 0.005 response rate on letters to houses. 
But with vacant land, we're getting three to 5% response rates, triple to five times the response rate with vacant land. So we're getting much higher response rates. So I only send about a thousand postcards or a thousand letters at a time because I'm going to get 30 to 40 phone calls from that campaign. Okay. Then after I send the offer, I follow up just like we do in every other type of real estate follow up. We send them another letter 30 days later. In fact, every 30 days for a couple five months, we send them a letter. We send them a voicemail. We send them a text. Hey, how's it going? Just following up on that offer. Okay. If the offer is accepted or if they respond back with, yeah, I might be interested. I can't take $2,000. I can take $3,000. Then we get on the phone and we talk to them. But at this point, we're going to ask for more information. We're going to make sure that the owner that we're talking to is the actual owner on title. We're going to ask them questions about access. You know, is there a road... Are, are, are there any nearby utilities? Not that that will kill the deal, but this is where we begin our due diligence on the property. Do we actually really even want to buy it? And sometimes we may, as we look into it, we may decide we don't want to buy it anymore, right? Uh, this is going to be a property that's too hard to buy or it's going to be too hard to sell. So this is where we do our due diligence. And we give ourselves, get this guys, 90 days to close. So in houses, a lot of times you have a one or two week inspection period. We give ourselves three months. So we have three months to do due diligence and to see if we can actually uh, sell this property. Now, remember I said before, there's a pig for every barn. So if there's a property lot that's landlocked, there's no road to it, it's on the side of a mountain, whatever, I can go back to the seller and say, you know, we need to either cancel this contract or negotiate a new price. So you negotiate a new price. Um but like you can even then, you have 90 days to close. So if within 30, 60 days, you can't find a buyer for it, you just go and cancel the contract. Okay, hey, this isn't going to work for us. Uh, this property is too hard to get to. The neighbors are too obnoxious. Uh, you know, there's a nuclear waste dump site. on, on the pre Like whatever it is, it's got to be true, right? But like um, you, have, you have a lot more time now to find a buyer. Now, when you get it under contract, you market and you advertise the property. And we sell our properties for cash or terms. So cash or owner financing. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I forgot to mention this. When we make our offers, do, 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 do. I don't know. I've talked about this. Okay. Um, what we make our offers, it's 25% of current market value. So if properties are selling, if you know, if five acres are selling for 10 grand, we're making an offer at for $2,500. Okay. Now, when we sell it on when we're marketing advertising the property, we're selling it. If we're selling it for cash, we're selling it for about $7,500 because we want to be the cheapest property in that county for that price in that acreage. It's worth 10 grand. We're selling it for 7500 but we're just going to make a quick five grand. If we're selling it with owner financing, we're selling it for 10 grand with maybe a thousand down and uh, you know, hundred bucks a month, 200 bucks a month at 7% interest for five years, amortized over five years or something. That's kind of how we're doing it. And you're going to get uh, about two to three times the calls for owner financing. People are buying, people buy on payments uh, more than price, right? Now, if it's a really good deal, we'll go ahead and close on the property right away. Sometimes we'll wait to close on the property until we find a buyer. 
But most of the time, we, we buy these things so dirt cheap, right? When it's it's like almost impossible to make a mistake. We'll close on the property, and it's only a couple thousand bucks. And you know, some of you, that's a lot of money. I get it. But like this property, you're buying it so cheap. Worst case, worst case, you sell it on eBay and break even. Okay, like you can sell this property so cheap, and then uh, we close on the property with the A to B with the seller, and we sell the property on the B to C with our end buyer. Um, one thing about this too, if it's owner financing, we sell on a land contract, which means contract for deed, which means we don't give the deed to their buyer until they make all their payments. They can cash us out early, but we're not going to give them the deed until they make all their payments. So it's, they, it's a land contract or a contract for deed. Cool. All yeah. right. I think we need to wrap it up. Awesome. But we need to announce our winner. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Okay. So now what the prize is this again, Dana? Talk about that. It's the simple lease options course. Um, includes lots of bonuses. Um, there's a Facebook group that goes with that course. It's a $2,500 course. And we chose someone based upon um, someone who went live in the Facebook group and just told us a little bit about. Nice. where they're at. So that's really what we wanted to reward. So today's winner is Michael Carrera. Oh, nice. I'm going to write this down. What's his name? How do you spell his last name? Uh, C-A-R-R-E-R-A. -R -R -E nice. Congratulations, Michael. Yes. Good job, Michael. Awesome. I'm going to win my course. I sell it literally for 2,500 bucks on my website. So you're going to get a great deal. Um, congratulations, Michael. We're going to be giving away another prize tomorrow. What is it tomorrow, Dana? Um, so we have coaching calls with either you or Gavin. So one-on-one -on -one coaching call. Yes. A one-on-one -on -one coaching call. All right. Congratulations, Michael, on the free course tomorrow. We're going to announce a winner for a free one-on-one -on -one coaching call with either me or Gavin. And, uh, how do they, what do they need to do to win, to be entered into that drawing? Dana. Um, really the same thing. We're looking for people who are engaged in the group who are willing yeah. to do that live video and tell us either something that they're taking away, something they've overcome by doing this challenge. We just want to get to know them. Yeah. We want to know who you are. We want to say, we want to see your beautiful face. All right. <laughs> so awesome. Remember guys, we're going to wrap this up right now. If you want to be on our coaching call tonight, it's at 8 PM Eastern, go to newmarketvip.com. We were on for two hours last night answering everybody's question. It was amazing. It was in a Zoom meeting. It's not like a big thing like this where nobody else can get on. Everybody's going to be on, and we talk to you. We answer your questions. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. But go to newmarketvip.com, and you also get that mind map that I shared today. You get the recordings of all of this stuff that we're doing, these calls and the VIP coaching calls. You get access to the daily content that we're doing next week for the next two weeks as we go yep. into the new markets and actually do this stuff. And then you also get tickets to our two-day virtual boot camp. It's going to be, I think, February 10th and 11th. It's virtual. It's a Friday and a Saturday. But we're going to be diving deeper into the step-by-steps, nuts and bolts of all of this stuff. Um, so go to newmarketvip.com to sign up for all that good stuff. All right. Anything else to wrap this up, Gavin? No, I'm excited. I'll see everyone on VIP. Um tonight we'll be back in the morning uh as well so uh at the same time 10 eastern and uh, yeah come over and join us i think 
we're only kind of warming up on the value side as well for, for the nine days and then going into that two-day event. Um, I'm super excited about the two-day. Um, we've not done it for a, probably a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, come and join us and let's go. All right, guys. Take care. We'll see you all later. See you tomorrow morning or tonight, right. hopefully tonight. Thanks, Dana. <laughs> You're welcome. See you guys. Right. Thank you, Dana.